Welcome to the Digital Joe Podcast, where you'll learn tips, tricks, and strategies to grow your local business using social media and digital marketing. Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Digital Joe Podcast, the show for business owners that want to grow their business with digital marketing and social media. I'm your host, Joe Amato. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, we've got another interview for you. I sat down and talked with entrepreneur and real estate broker, Jake Garay. He's a Hudson Valley broker for Berkshire Hathaway, very successful young realtor. And we're going to talk about how he utilizes social media, Facebook and Instagram to grow his business and how you can take some of the things that he's done and apply them to your business. Before I jump into the interview, remember, if you need help with video or social media, if you're in the Hudson Valley area, visit us at vivocreative.net. We are always here to help. Without any further ado, here is Jake Garay. All right, my guest on the Digital Joe podcast is an entrepreneur, a real estate broker. Jake Garay is here with us from Berkshire Hathaway. Been in the real estate business for over five years. Jake, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How's it going, man? How you been? Good, good. I can't complain. You know, real estate market's been really well, uh, doing well and been busy. So I'm happy. Can't complain about that. That's for sure. Nice, nice. So we're obviously going to talk about uh, how you're using social, digital to, to grow your real estate business and, and your entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, but before we kind of get into that, why don't you just tell everybody, you know, who you are, what you do? Yeah, so I'm an associate real estate broker with Berkshire Hathaway. Um, I specialize primarily in residential sales, you know, do some uh, real estate investment, work with investors, multifamily, that type of stuff, um, new construction. I uh, have a background in construction. That's kind of how I got up into the real estate industry um, and, and working with investors and so on and so forth. So it was always something that kind of piqued my interest, something that I thought would be, you know, worth kind of exploring and adventuring into. And so I uh, got licensed about five years ago and haven't looked back since. Nice, nice. So you said the real estate market is doing awesome right now, and we're recording this really at the tail end of February of 2020. Uh, so, like, what what's going on in that market? Just to give people like an update on what's happening in the real estate biz. So I work primarily throughout the Hudson Valley. So that's you know Westchester, Putnam, Dutchess, Ulster, Orange, and Rockland County. And uh, you know, really, what we're seeing across the board is a lack of housing inventory. You know, so what we're seeing is that lack of inventory coupled with, you know, low, uh, low interest rates has driven buyer demand up a lot. And people just are seeing that, you know, when you can lock in a, a 30 year mortgage at 3.25 or 3.5 percent, you know, they, they have a, a strong demand to buy immediately. And the problem is that there's no houses out there. You know, we just haven't had enough inventory to meet the demand. So what we're finding is houses are selling in a week, you know, a couple days. 30 days, depending on the, lo- the location, the market, the price, everything like that. But, um, you know, we're seeing bidding wars, multiple offer situations, highest and best people, sell, you know, buying above asking price. And it's really a seller's market. Um, so for, for a lot of people out there that, you know, historically the last 10 years coming off of the housing crash in 08 and 09, um, we haven't had a lot of that in the last 10 years, but we saw the inventory started to decrease. You know, a lot of people bought houses in 04, 05, 06. And, you know, typically on, on average, people move every, you know, eight to 10 years, but they were underwater in their houses, so they couldn't move in 17, 18, you know, and so on. And so that's also keeping inventory down as well, because there's still people who may, you know, may not want to sell because they don't want to sell for less than what they bought it for. Um, so, you know, all those different elements kind of factor into a, a perfect storm, a storm, so to speak, in the sense that, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of buyers in the market, but just not a lot of houses out there that are, you know, priced correctly, priced well and where they should be. Um, because we obviously have a lot of people who, you know, they, they try to sell and they can't because they want too much money. And so when you do have a, a priced, uh, a home that's priced correctly, we find that, you know, we're getting multiple offers and it's selling quickly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good and bad, I assume, right? In, in your business. I mean, you want, you want to have multiple listings, but, uh, if they're going quick, that's also not a bad thing either. You're, you're selling houses, right? So not at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pleasure working with sellers, but it can be really frustrating working with buyers right now because, you know, they're, they're putting in offers on two, three, four houses, sometimes at, or even above asking price and they're not getting them. And, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, and even if you're not, you know, and, and you haven't been through this process in a long time, that's very frustrating because, you know, your money is just as good as everybody else's. And you're looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, I want this house. I love this house. You go there, you fall in love and then you don't get it. And, you know, it, it's an emotional process for a lot of people and it's frustrating. So for buyers right now, it's definitely not, um, not ideal, but again, you know, you still want to buy today because interest rates are so low, you know, and be there for five, 10, 15, even sometimes longer years. And you're looking at it from, I'd rather lock in a, a three and a half percent interest rate today than wait a year and see them, you know, go up as much as four and a half or 5%. Because at one point only, you know, a year, a year ago, we were seeing rising interest rates and, and, you know, people were up in the fours. And so, you know, it's amazing what can happen in, in just 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, going toward the rest of the year. I know there's a lot of things happening right now all around the world and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts everything here at home. Um, so, you know, r the real estate business is not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm kind of assuming and presuming mm -hmm. based on what I've experienced that the real estate industry, real realtors and, you know, there, there, a lot of them, you should be treating your business like a small business, right? Like your own business, correct? Yep. And absolutely. it's my understanding that not many are utilizing social, not utilizing digital, still doing, you know, the lawn signs, the billboards, the direct mail pieces, like that kind of stuff. Is that true? So the real estate industry as a whole, not just from a marketing perspective, but just in general, is a lagging industry. It's a very old slow moving industry. And that's historically always been the case. They're one of the last industries to innovate, one of the last industries to adapt new technologies. And so that's 100% true when it comes to marketing, social media, and all of that. You know, you hit the, the, the nail on the head when you say that, you know, it's, it's an industry that solely relies on yourself. You know, we, we work strictly off of commission. So each individual agent is their own business. And so you know, it's, it relies on, or, you know, it falls on our shoulders to go out and generate business, do the marketing, do the advertising, the branding and so on and so forth. But, you know, from a social media perspective, when we talk about Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, and so on and so forth, nobody's really, and when I say nobody, I mean the vast majority of the industry is not actively looking at those, um, you know, those spaces as places to generate business. And like, and we're going to obviously get into how you utilize that because that's the reason why you're here is to, you know, to show people that, Hey, you know, you can use this to grow your business. Why do you think they're not open to that? I, I just, I, I can't understand, like it's 2020 and everybody's on their smartphone, including realtors every single day. They're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're on YouTube, and yet they don't see it as a viable source of getting listings, selling homes and marketing themselves as a business.
So I think it's twofold. Um, number one, if we had this conversation two years ago, the it would be a little bit different. Right now, it's beginning. And when I say beginning, we're starting to see it come up in conversation more. Um, you know, sellers, when we look at it from a marketing perspective, are starting to demand it much more. You know, we're finding that on our listing presentations, more and more sellers are asking, are you advertising on Facebook? Are you active in those in those, um, you know, mediums and, and, and being on there and having a presence. And, you know, I think part of it is also demographics. Social media historically starts with young demographics and then is adapted by the older demographics and real estate as an, you know, the average real estate agent is 57 years old in the United States. So we're talking about, um, you know, a platform and platforms that are typically adapted by younger generations. And so you also have the, the combination of, the people who use it not being on there, being the the older generations, the you know the the um, you know fifties, sixties, whatever it is, the, the people who are their agents. But then on top of that, the consumers themselves haven't been there, you know. So you know you you go on something like TikTok, right? And you know the average demographic. I don't have any statistics, but I'd assume it's you know a teenager of some 15 sort, fifteen year old girls, That's- exactly. And so from a real estate perspective, they're not marketing there because that's not their consumer. You know, and we're just now finding that millennials are starting to enter the market more and more from a buying of homes perspective. So now platforms such as Facebook and Instagram have become much more viable because now the attention is actually there to market to someone who can actually go out and buy a home. You know, so someone like myself, I've been on those platforms for years now trying to build a presence, trying to build a brand. And now those are starting to pay dividends today, whereas maybe two or three years ago, there was no business there because there was just no, there was no, there was attention, but those people weren't the consumer just yet. They weren't ready to buy or sell a home, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, like you said, the the social networks evolve over time. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be a point where, you know, TikTok, where right now it's high school kids and early college kids that's going to be moms and grandmas. Like it's just, it's going to do what Facebook and Instagram is now starting to do. They all start to trend older as time kind of goes on. Um, so, but let's talk about, let's talk about the big ones where the market actually is. And that's, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, there's 2 billion people active on Facebook. There's over a billion people active on Instagram and that's across all demographics. And, and arguably some of the best demographics, at least on Facebook, are the older ones from what we're seeing as far as how much time they're spending on there, how they're interacting with the content, how they're, how they're interacting with ads. And you could definitely reach that demo. You can reach that, you know, a little bit of higher net worth, a little bit of higher income, older, you know, that, that 35, 40 plus uh, is spending a hell of a lot of time on Facebook. And they're also spending a lot of time on Instagram. So let's kind of shift gears and, and talk about like now today. So how, give me like an overview of how you're using these platforms to, to work with, you know, grow your business. So I'm using them twofold. I'm using them to generate new business, but also using them to stay in touch with past clients, um, people that I've worked with in the past, almost in in a sense like a quasi CRM, um, because it's a place to be, to show personality. It's a place to be yourself. It's a place to be genuine and how we look at each platform. So Instagram obviously is much more visual and, you know, it's much more focused on maybe more real estate content, more community content, focusing on things to do in the community, showing, showcasing that through imagery. And then also just a place to showcase personality, be yourself. I find Facebook, because it is a little bit of an older demographic, it's a little bit more best to be a little bit more you know, professional curated. We can use like long form blogging, long form content, put out more statistics and things like that. Um, things that those people typically want to see. 
And so when I look at from a generating new business standpoint, you know, I, I like to put out a lot of video content. I like to try and focus on, um, you know, putting out engaging content, things that people actually care about because the reality is you can go out and post pictures of houses all day long, but that's very commoditized. Everybody can go on Zillow, Realtor.com, any of these sites and just look at pictures of houses. There's no personality. There's no differentiation there between me and the next person. So I try to use it in a way that adds a personal touch um, that talks about not only the content being the, the product, which is the houses, but in a way, as realtors, the product is also ourselves because there's thousands and thousands in every single market, there's thousands of realtors. So who they choose to work with, you kind of have to sell yourself to them. Um, you know, so that's, that's a big piece of it as well. So there's, there's a lot of prongs there, right? There's, there's the personal brand element. There's trying to connect with past clients. There's, uh, which, you know, like you said, CRM, customer relations, uh, customer service, that kind of thing. But then trying to get new business as well, getting listings and selling homes. There's like so many different things that you can do with your business, on there. I mean, it applies to so many other industries. I want to hit on a couple of things that you said. The first thing is you treat Instagram and Facebook very differently. And that's really, really smart and really important. And it's something that we try to get, you know, our clients when we're taking on their social media campaigns that they have to treat these networks differently. And we, you know, we call that, you know, native content. We talk about, you know, being native to the platform, posting things that work on Instagram against things that work differently on Facebook. So how have you, how did you kind of find that groove and how important do you think it is? I think it's extremely important because ultimately now that social media is becoming more and more of a viable marketing platform, it's just become flooded with more and more people trying to do that, trying to grab the attention, you know? So what it comes down to is quality of content really is what you can differentiate yourself with. So if you're putting out the wrong type of content for that platform, it's not going to be as engaging or as convincing or whatever the, the words you want to use to describe it are to that audience. You know, they're not going to be a captive audience because there will be better content out there. So putting out things and understanding why people are on those sites and how the psychology of what, what mindset they're in when they're there. You know, a lot of the time I always use the comparison of like when I go on Instagram, it's like sometimes I'm on there and I'm scrolling through and I don't even realize I'm doing it. You know what I mean? And it's like you scroll through like maybe 10 posts until you find that one that you actually, it's like a 15 second video and you actually watch that, you know, and then you keep scrolling and then you just keep going and going and going until you find something else. So trying to put myself in the mindset of when I use those, those platforms, what is my mindset in, um, and then creating content that I would want to, to engage with, you know, when I'm on Facebook, it's, it's typically longer videos that I can watch. I could sit down and watch a, a five or six minute video on Facebook sometimes and not even realize it and then or, or read a long form post because it's just the mindset that I'm in when I'm on that platform. It's just a different type of psychology. So I try to understand that. And obviously, I'm always adapting, always trying to test things because these platforms are always competing with each other, always trying to grab the attention. So they're constantly adapting how they do things. And we have to kind of ebb and flow with what they're doing as well. Nice. I love that. Yeah, that's a really it's a really important lesson for for like that's a huge piece of content right there is like making sure that you are paying attention to how people interact with the with the platform. Um so 
you mentioned you mentioned you you post videos. So as you obviously know, I mean, we've worked together in the past. We do a ton of video content, mainly on social, to help you know these companies grow. How how do you feel? How, where do you feel video plays an important role in marketing as a business locally? So I think it's it's extremely important for a couple different reasons. And by the way, your videos are awesome. I always laugh at like <laughs> they're you. just great. They and, and honestly, that's that's what differentiates like something like what you guys are doing versus what some of the other people are doing, right? Professional videos make a big difference. You know, there, there's two prongs to that, just like anything else. Everything's kind of a dichotomy, right? Because people like the genuine being genuine, right? They want to see genuine personality. And and I think video is is it, it's a it's a medium that exposes who you are. If you try to be something that you're not, you get exposed when you do video, which is why I think a lot of people stray away from it. Because if you try to, if you're not comfortable doing video content and you stand up and you try to shoot a 30 second video and you try to be something you're not, that comes through awkward. Yeah. And then when people watch that, they're like, ooh, that's cringeworthy. You know what I mean? And that's the type of stuff that you can't be something you're not. And and so if you're very professional, you're very serious, then that's what you've got to be. But if you like to joke around and you like to have fun and you like to keep it light, then that's who you have to be. So I think personality more than anything is conveyed through video because it's the closest thing to face-to-face interaction that you can get sure. without actually being face-to-face. You know, it, it's just like anything else. You feel more, it's a much more, I guess, the, what it comes down to is it's much more relatable. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's why we watch movies. That's why we watch TV. That's why those things have become so big. Um, is because it's a much more relatable, emotional place to be. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is create an emotional experience, whether that be through happiness, fear, sadness, whatever the case may be. That those people, because that's what it, what that's what connects us psychologically is emotions. So um, I think that's the that's why video has become so popular and so strong is because of that genuine connection that you can actually make with the consumer as opposed to just say reading something which again you know all all long form posts in even though they may have say different things and say different messages the actual visual piece of it looks exactly the same it's just like when you type in a, a google search and you know every single google link looks the same it's, right. it's very similar to that yeah yeah can you give a couple of examples of maybe like one or two different ways that you're utilizing video across facebook instagram yeah so i mean and obviously on some of the projects we've worked in the past you know the big piece of video that i'm finding is very uh very helpful is doing like when i when i list a property and I do like walkthrough videos of the home. It showcases the home in a really professional way. It's, it's almost like our little miniature localized version of like an HGTV, right? Something that people can go in and people just like to look at houses. And so I use it that from a marketing perspective to showcase the home. It's a great differentiating piece for me to, when I go in and I can sit down with a, a homeowner and I can show them that video and say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do for your home. It's going to showcase your home and really make it look nice. Um, and then I try to do, um, you know, different types of video content that showcase myself as a person, whether it be like Q&A, Instagram stories. I find a lot of the time I like to go on there, post videos where it's kind of a little bit less professional. It's more of like almost like, you know, it's a video of a selfie or something like that where you're just talking to the people directly and it's a little bit more personalized. Um, so those are the two ways that I think um, they're pretty easy and pretty straightforward to do. But they, they make a big difference because they're putting content out there that people can engage with and like. 
So, and it's interesting because, like you know, you you mentioned that one of the fears that people have is they don't really like the way they appear on video, or they're not they don't think that they're as charismatic, maybe, or they're not you know great on video. Well, there's other ways that you can utilize video that don't right. involve that, like you said. I mean, in your in your particular business, it's it's a home walkthrough. You don't need a person guiding you through that. You don't need a host, so to speak, right, to actually take you through the home. You can just tell the story through moving pictures. Like that's just that's what video is, right? So, and I think people people appreciate being genuine, right? Like nobody sure. nobody expects you to be perfect 100 percent of the time. You know, people like people that are flawed. So I think if you show some of that, like I know sometimes you guys always do like the the cuts of like the videos and the outtakes and things like that. And just showing that type of stuff, people like to see that because, you know, there's there's the expectation versus the reality of things. And people like to see that genuine like, oh, that person's just like me. They took eight you know tries to shoot the same thing, you know, or yeah. whatever the case may be. So I think, you know, people always expect or or want perfection from themselves but it doesn't have to be that way yeah and it's interesting because i i i think social you know facebook instagram they're not while people strive for perfection they're actually not a place for perfection and i and i think that that's why you don't see super high produced video uh like video ads you don't see a lot of geico ads you don't see a lot of you know like major car brands doing their tier one advertising on social i think that those types of things don't typically do as well as that genuine person to person kind of interaction. So I think that's why a lot of the content that we put out, we involve ourselves with the 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 owners, the managers, the people that are in the trenches in the, in our clients businesses putting their faces out there, putting their names out there and that's what that's what people latch onto. So do you feel like, you know, putting yourself in a video like helps you get your name out there, people recognize you? Do you feel like it's really helping you as a, as a business? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been, uh, when I first got started in real estate, one of, the, and really the prime, I always tell people the primary way that I built my business, I, I became a real estate uh, agent at 20 years old. And typically when you're, you know, the, the normal real estate agent, it's a second or third career, and it's something that they do, um, you know, change a career, whatever the case may be, and they're usually a little bit older. And so one of the biggest things that t- starting out people say is, you know, go talk to your sphere of influence. Well, at 20 years old, no 20-year-olds are going out and buying houses. Right. You know, so I built my business strictly through social media in the beginning, you know, and, and that's really the only medium that I've used. And obviously they have a lot more traditional senses like print and direct mail and all that stuff. I never really did that because the return on the investment was never really there from a paid advertising standpoint. Now, I have also found because of this content and because of the personality and because I also I also make it a point to go on my my accounts and engage with other people as well. Because, you know, that's also where you can build a connection with people going out and almost like quasi networking on, you know, through social media. Um, but I've I have had numerous clients um, that I've worked with and, and be, have become clients because of things like Instagram and Facebook all the time. I mean, and, and you never know when the next one's going to come. I mean, real estate's a little bit more of a difficult industry in the sense that it's not a product that someone just buys on a whim. Yeah. You know, it's not like you see a t-shirt ad on Instagram and you're like, Oh, let me go buy that t-shirt and you just go spend the 20 bucks. And it's like, you know, whatever, it's not, you know, discre- uh, discretionary spending. It's something that typically the life cycle is 12 to 15 months before somebody decides to make that decision. So 
Um, it's a it's a slower paced thing, but again, when you do actually pick up a client, it pays you know back 10, 15, 20 fold. So it's been a worthy investment without a doubt. And I find myself picking up clients and 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 finding new clients all the time as a result of it. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, the, one of the last things I want to touch on, and you just brought it up, was actually the paid advertising side. Are you doing a lot of paid uh, on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when I first got started, you could get more organic reach, but now yeah, you have organic to... reach is essentially zero. You know, because there's so much noise, you have to pay to get your content out there. You have to pay to engage with people, and at least until you have their attention. You know, so that way you can go out and find the people that want to engage with you and then also find similar people like them. So absolutely, I think in order to really have a voice, you've got to make an investment. Uh, and obviously some people don't feel comfortable doing that, but but Facebook and because they're connected, Facebook and Instagram are have gotten so good with their analytics that you now, you know, it's not like when you, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago that people would spend money and say, well, what is the ROI of this? What am I getting as a return on this? They've gotten so good with their analytics that you know immediately what's working and what's not working. So you can go in and adjust how you need to or create campaigns that mirror the successful campaigns to get a return on your investment. And I just think it's, it's absolutely absurd that people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on traditional mediums and then are unwilling to go out and spend the four or $500 that it might take to run a campaign for a, a month and, and get probably a 10 X return than what they're seeing elsewhere. It's just absolutely absurd to me. I love that. Like that's a quotable piece right there, man. I got to tell you, like that was great. I like, I want more people to say that because I, I feel like I scream it at the top of my lungs and it's, it's, it's very hard to break through. Like, cause that was going to be my next question was compared to the traditional means that realtors typically use, you know, the billboards, the print, the, the, the signs, all that kind of stuff. The, the cost does not compare and, and f forget about the cost. Forget about the cost. Like the fact that you can attribute business to what you're doing on these platforms, it does not compare. It doesn't compare. It's when I first got started and, you know, I, I started getting clients, I made some sales, had listings, whatever. And I would sit down at the, at the office and I'd say, okay, you know, I'd go and talk to other agents. I'd talk to my manager and say, what can I do from a marketing perspective? You know, what do you do? And they're like, here's what you do. You go down, you sit at your computer, you order 200 postcards, and you send it out to everybody in the neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, what's that cost? They're like, like $125. I'm like, hmm, okay, so for $125, I'm going to maybe, hopefully, reach 200 households. <laughs> 10 or 15 of them are probably going to get return to sender, and everybody else is going to go like this and then throw it. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not going to look at it. They're going to throw it out. And then I'm like, for the same amount of money, what I can do is go on Facebook or go on Instagram and I can spend a hundred bucks or even spend $50 and reach 10 times the amount of people. It's just, it just from a numbers perspective, if you break down the numbers and look at it, it makes zero sense. You know, if you could reach a thousand or 5,000 people for an, a, a similar investment than what you're making to reach a hundred or 200 What's the point of that? It just it's it doesn't from a mathematical equation it doesn't make any sense. And and, and he, so so the math makes sense. And then you know, advertising and marketing is pretty much a combination of math and art, right? Like it's it's pretty much math, science, and art. So you know the math is there. We know that the numbers are there. We know that the scale is there. We can reach all these people. We can target all these people. We can do all of that. 
but the art piece is the piece that is going to make the difference because anybody can go out there and buy Facebook ads. You can Anybody can go out right now, create a Facebook business page and reach uh, 3 million people. If your messaging sucks and it's not genuine and it's not real, it will not work. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I love the fact that it's underpriced and I love all of that. But I also love that creatively, rather than just ordering 125 postcards, you can run 125 different videos to different people, wearing a yep. different shirt, targeting different towns. And it's like, so not only does the math work, but the art is also endless. If your content isn't good, it doesn't matter how much money you spend. It's not going to make a difference. You know, if you come across as too salesy, if people, people don't want to be sold. Right, They want to feel as though they're making the decision to work with you, to buy your product, to do whatever it is that you're doing. If they feel like you're trying to convince them or sell them on yourself or your business, they're not going to want to do business with you. So you have to be genuine. You have to come from a place of information and knowledge, a place of giving. And that's where you can really make a difference and people will feel like, oh, that person is trustworthy. That person is someone I want to work with. So you know, the creative piece of it is, is really what it comes down to. It. I think that may be the thing that stops people more than anything else because they say, I don't know how to be creative, right? I don't know how to understand the nuances of how to, to reach these people, how to wear different shirts and, and target different, uh, different demographics and different people depending on what that message is. So I think that's why working with someone like yourselves at Vivo, it's, it's important to have a team of people that can help you with that. Because I can tell you right now, that's something that I struggle with as well. It's hard to create good, captive content all the time. Right. You know, anybody can come up with a good one-off video. It's really difficult to then create a campaign or create a series of videos off of that video that kind of send the same message but in a different way. Keep so, it running, yeah. Exactly, and I think that's where that's I think the biggest barrier for most people is as is you know when it comes down to why don't people do it? Well, it's much easier. To say, oh, this is my marketing. I'm going to send out some direct mail. I'm going to send out some, you know, uh, some some email marketing or whatever the case may it's be. Safe. And blast it out. It's you know, safe. spray and pray. Yeah, yeah it's spray and pray. It's it's let's send out as much as possible and see what happens, right? And the reality is, it's ineffective. And then you know, but it, it checks the box for them. They say, oh, I did my marketing for this month or this week or this year or whatever it is because they're they're afraid to put themselves out there and then actually try to do the work to create that content. So. Yeah, like you said, it's it's safe. Yeah, I it's, uh, please. That's this is another like conversation that I could totally have <laughs> about this. Um, I I think the last the it's kind of like the last thing I want to get from you is, you know, for if if you're a business owner or a marketing manager or you know, in charge of getting more customers for your company, where do you recommend? Uh, you know what what's a what's one or two recommendations you can make for people when thinking about using social maybe for the first time because a lot of people are thinking about this for the first time which is blowing my mind but what what would be your advice to them you have to understand the platform you have to be educated and this is a two-pronged conversation just like anything else if you're unwilling to do the work then you've got to work with someone who understands it because quite frankly there's a lot of people who go out there who don't really understand the platform and it's it's a lot of it's trial and error you know, you've been doing this for how many years where you've you've tested, failed, retested, succeeded, and so on and so forth. So you understand how to do this. If you don't understand and you go out and you test and fail, it's just like anything else. You know, 
a lot of the time if you fail and fail and fail and you're not getting results from it, oh, Facebook doesn't work. Instagram yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't work for my product. It doesn't work for my business. It doesn't work for, for me. But the reality is if, if you're not doing it correctly, it's not that Facebook and Instagram and social media in general isn't working. It's that you're not doing it correctly. So if you're not going to take the time to study it, to understand it, to learn it, to, to listen to the people who are experts, then you've got to go work with those people because it's much better to do it right from the beginning than it is to try it and just say it doesn't, it doesn't work. So I, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to understand the platform and don't be afraid to say I don't understand it and go work with someone or find the people who can ask for help because quite frankly, um, you've got to do it. You've got to be there because – you know, one of the things that we didn't really have a conversation about is you've like you had said in the beginning, for example, on TikTok, the reason that you've got to be there today is because those people will eventually one day be your consumer. Well, if you're not on social media, Facebook, Instagram and, and so on and so forth today, well, you're going to put yourself out of business in five or 10 years because your competitors will be there. And if you're not there, that's where the attention is going to be. That's where the branding is going to be. And even if you have 90 percent market share in your business right now, well, the people who are willing to be there, if you're not, will begin to tap, you know, take away that market share and it'll be too late before you realize it and you'll have lost. So I think it's really important to start that today because you're behind the eight ball. There's people who've been doing this for five or 10 years already who are going to be much better than you, much more advanced than you, understand it much better. So you have to start catching up immediately. And you'll definitely lose if you don't start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've got to start truth. somewhere. You've got to do something because if you don't, you know, you yeah, you're opening the, you're opening the door for somebody else to do it before you. And that's and that's 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 the reality, right? Like somebody else is going to do the things that you are not willing to do to grab your customers, to grab your market share. So why not? Why not you? Why, exactly. What's what's holding you back? And really ask yourself that what's holding what is holding you back from putting yourself out there, from putting your company out there, from putting your face out there, from putting your brand out there on a consistent basis. What's stopping you? Really try to figure that out. And if it's and if it's you, then you might need help. Ask ask for help. There's plenty of pros out there. It doesn't have to be us. You can go find people. Just go on Google. Go on YouTube. You know That stuff is free. They're not going to charge you to, to, to learn how to use these, these platforms. That's a really, really good piece of advice. Learn the platforms and just start doing. And I will say one thing. It's just like anything else. No two people who are experts in something are equal. So you do. The reason that I always like working with you guys is because I know that you, you have the same philosophies. You understand the platforms. I have conversations with people who do social media marketing and they're acting like it's 2015 and not 2020. So you also have to understand that you have to market in the year that you're doing business and you have to do business today for 2020 and not use the tactics that we're, we're you know, you, uh, we're working two years ago. So, you know, that's a big piece of it as well. That's, that's why when you do decide, if you make that decision to go work with someone, understand that talk to a few people first yeah. and see what everybody has to say, because that, you know, that's a big piece of it. Like when I go work with sellers and they say, Oh, I want to work with, you know, I want to interview three or four realtors. I say you should, because you got to work with who you connect with. You've got to work with who who understands you and who has the same philosophies as you. You know, so it's the same exact thing here. And you want to know what's crazy? That's how people act on social media. You have to be out there for people to relate to you the same way you're going to relate to somebody that's going to help you with this. 
It's it's That's it's like it's full circle, man. Wow, this is like this is deep. This is getting deep. Uh, <laughs> dude, this is like this has been an awesome conversation. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we set this up. Um, I, I want to know uh, where can people get a hold of you if they're looking to buy or sell a home, or just to pick your brain about entrepreneurship, social media. Where can they find you? So uh, my Instagram is just my name, Jake Garay Real Estate. It's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, simple Google search will find me. Uh, my website, everything else like that, Jake Garay BerkshireHathaway.com. Uh, or jakegarrett.berkshirehathaway.com, I think it is. Um, and yeah, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, LinkedIn, I'd love to connect with as many people as possible. I'm always, I love talking about this stuff. I just love talking about business in general, um, being, you know, from an entrepreneurial background and business background. Uh, it's just fun to talk about. It's, it's cool to bounce ideas off of people. So I, I would love to connect with everybody and talk more business. If anybody has any questions about the real estate market or any of that stuff, uh, my experience working with you guys, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm more than happy to share. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, I, we got to talk again soon on this in the, in the future because we touched on a couple things that could be an episode in and of itself. Of course. Uh, but until then, make sure go go follow Jake. Go check him out on, on LinkedIn. Check out the website. If you need help with real estate and you're in the Hudson Valley, New York area, like Jake had mentioned, He's, he's the man. He's, he is the man. So, Jake, really appreciate you coming on, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. 